All right, let's do this. Hi, I've been looking at poll numbers all day. They don't make any sense to me. Donald Trump's poll numbers make absolutely no sense to me. I'll go over what's going on in New Hampshire and Iowa in just a second. But first, this is the mop-up for January 12th, 2024. Did I get it right? Yes, it's January 12th. Yes, okay, it's January 12th, 2024. Thank you for finding me. I'm David Feldman. Yesterday was a very busy news day. Like any abusive family, whenever you're in an abusive family, you'll hear a lot of screaming, people making threats, looking for attention, and wanting to feel alive. That's what yesterday was. But what was really happening. What's really going on in the world? Well, a major winter storm is hitting the Midwest that could affect the Iowa caucuses on January 15th. Judge Arthur Angeron has already ruled against Donald Trump in that $350 million civil trial, despite all the noise during the closing arguments on Thursday, despite Donald Trump kicking and screaming and threatening Judge Arthur Angeron issues a final ruling on how much to fine Donald Trump on January 31st. The full House of Representatives will have to vote on whether to hold Hunter Biden in contempt for refusing to testify behind closed doors. Hunter wants to do it out in the open so Republicans can't selectively leak inaccurate information as they like to do. Hunter pleaded not guilty yesterday at charges of failing to pay more than a million dollars in taxes. Speaker Johnson's $1.66 trillion spending deal with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is getting severe pushback from the far-right Freedom Caucus. The current continuing resolution expires in two steps, first on January 19th, And then on February 2nd, now Speaker Johnson promised no more continuing resolutions, but it's starting to look like he's going to have to risk his speakership by suspending the rules once again and trying to get another continuing resolution passed with some help from the Democrats. COVID killed 10,000 citizens of 50 industrialized countries in December. That's according to the World Health Organization. The head of the World Health Organization said COVID, however, is no longer the global health emergency it once was. The Washington Post reports that America is getting hit by a major spike of infections in one of the largest COVID waves since Omicron. Are you vaccinated? The Pentagon's inspector general issued a report on Thursday saying that nearly $1 billion worth of American equipment provided to Ukraine has not been accounted for. The inspector general cautioned that just because the United States has not been able to keep tabs on these weapons, that doesn't mean they were traded on the black market. Among the weapons said to be unaccounted for are shoulder-fired missiles and attack drones. America and Great Britain are striking back at Houthi rebels in Yemen who have attacked American ships in the Red Sea using Iranian weapons. 
They've done this nearly 30 times since President Biden sent the ships into the region after Hamas's deadly October 7th attack on Israel. The Houthis control much of Yemen despite heavy resistance from neighboring Saudi Arabia. Iran is siding with the Houthis as well as Hamas. The Houthi foreign minister promised that Americans will pay a heavy price for Thursday's attacks. South Africa presented its case against Israel in the International Criminal Court, accusing Israel of committing genocide in Gaza. South Africa demanded Israel call off its bombing in Gaza. Israel presents its case later today. Now, the case is being heard inside the International Court of Justice. It's not the ICC. The International Court of Justice was set up after World War II. Again, it's not the ICC. This is not the International Criminal Court, which can prosecute actual individuals for war crimes. America is not a signatory to the International Criminal Court. A finding by the International Court of Justice, where this trial is currently being held, carries with it more of a recommendation to the United Nations that can then be cited in further diplomatic decisions. Kim Reynolds is a first-term Republican governor of Iowa, and she just told the federal government, thanks, but no thanks. Thank you, but no free food for children during the summer months when families who are unable to buy food uh, and can no longer take advantage of free school lunches need a little help. Summer EBT is what it's called, and it started during COVID. It provides $40 a month during the summer for every kid who needs it to buy lunch, and it's funded by the United States Department of Agriculture, but the governor of Iowa said, no, thank you. It's going to be too much of an administrative headache for me. That's Iowa Governor Republican Kim Reynolds. She also turned down $95 million from the federal government to pay for COVID testing in 2021. That was part of Joe Biden's American Rescue Plan. Nope, keep your money. Don't want it. And she also rejected $3 million in federal grants this year that would have gone towards planning for climate change. And still, Kim Reynolds is quite popular in the state of Iowa, where she's endorsed Ron DeSantis for president. And that's considered a major endorsement. She's a popular governor of Iowa. The Iowa caucuses, January 15th, this Monday, on January 15th, the Caucasian, the, the, the Iowa Caucasians will caucus to pick a nominee for president. And I have no idea what these polls mean. I, I've, I've never seen, well, none of us have seen anything like this before. I have no idea what Republicans in Iowa are thinking. And that's why I went through what Kim Reynolds has done know, telling kids and their parents, nah, you're not going to get any money for food. We're not taking any COVID relief. And she's still, I mean, I don't understand the thinking. There are states that still refused 
to still refuse to take uh, Medicaid expansion. Don't understand the thinking. So I have no idea what Republicans in Iowa are thinking. Now, I know that Iowa used to be a reliably blue state. It catapulted Jimmy Carter and Barack Obama into the White House. What happened? De-industrialization, Main Street falling prey to big box stores, which have now fallen prey to Amazon, local radio and newspapers gobbled up and then stripped of their assets by hedge funds. All this has left a lot of voters in Iowa with no sense of community, with no places to gather. Local identity in Iowa has been atomized into silent chat rooms on the internet where civic responsibility is often eclipsed by conspiracy theories that make people suspicious of government and their neighbors. That's what's happened to the Republicans in Iowa. Now, Iowa, unlike Michigan or Wisconsin, has become a solid red state. Joe Biden has pretty much given up on Iowa. And so have the Democrats. Uh, Why? Why have they given up on Iowa? Partly because Iowa Democrats completely blew it with way too many technical snafus four years ago during the Democratic caucus. So Democrats in Iowa are not going to be voting for a nominee caucus style. Instead, registered Democrats in Iowa are filling out ballots, mailing them in, and then the ballots will be counted later in the year. Now, this is too bad because there are deep progressive roots in the Plains states. This is what Donald Trump and DeSantis, Josh Hawley to some degree, this is what they tap into, the progressive roots that, that came out of the Plains states. For Democrats to give up on the Plains states, for the Democrats to give up on Iowa, I think this is dangerous, not just for the Democrats, but for our country. You have to take the fight to the states where Republican lies are left unchallenged, where they're left to fester. You got to go where these lies start before they grow like grass fire into a movement. Iowa should be picking Democratic candidates. There should be caucuses on Monday for Democratic candidates. But instead, Joe Biden is trying to make inroads by turning South Carolina into the make-or-break primary state because it was the make-or-break primary state for him. It worked for him. Now, I get it. There's a huge black population in South Carolina, and Democrats cannot win. Democrats are nothing unless their candidate has been thoroughly vetted by black voters. This was something that came to a surprise to many Bernie bros like me back in 2020. A lot of us were shocked by how much black voters absolutely loved Joe Biden. I remember going, huh? Well, if you watch President Biden speak Monday at Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston... South Carolina, where a white supremacist killed nine in 2015, 
You see, South Carolina is to Joe Biden what Iowa was to Barack Obama. Obama owed it all to Iowa, and Biden owes it all to South Carolina. That's where he stopped Bernie. That was his firewall. Well, that's where Pete Buttigieg dropped out, even though Mayor Pete had more delegates than Biden at the time, and Elizabeth Warren, who had more delegates than Biden, dropped out, but she wouldn't endorse Bernie. And Obama and Clinton put their thumbs on the scale and said, we either stop Bernie here in South Carolina or we're done. Back then, if you remember Joe Biden, we're talking about 2020, Biden was the weakest candidate, a total creation of backroom politics. But then again, so was Harry Truman. Sometimes people in the back room get it right. Again, I wanted Bernie, but I do think Joe Biden is turning out to be the most consequential president since Lyndon Johnson. And I mean that. I wanted Bernie. I still want Bernie. But I mean that about Joe Biden. Anyway, the Democrats are eyeing the South because they won Georgia. Joe Biden won Georgia, and the Democrats have two senators from Georgia, Raphael Warnick, and now I forgot the other guy's name. Oh, damn it. It'll come to me. Now I'm going to be brooding about this. Uh, Damn it. But uh, Biden, here's the difference between Iowa, Barack Obama, and uh, uh, Biden and South Carolina, and and Ossoff. Ossoff. This is, I knew it would come to me. Here's the difference between, now I can concentrate. Here's the difference between Barack Obama and Iowa versus Biden and South Carolina. Biden isn't going to win South Carolina in November. Obama won the Iowa primaries and he won Iowa in the general. But like I've been telling you, we all need to calm down. Forget the electoral map. It's, it's set in stone, except for what I'm going to tell you in a second. Biden doesn't need to win Iowa, and he also doesn't need to win South Carolina. I've been over this with you, and this is my mantra. President Biden only needs to win Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Okay? Now, he's going to win Pennsylvania and Michigan. Wisconsin should be a win, okay? He has a very easy pathway to 270, okay? He just needs Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. He should win Wisconsin. But if he can't win Wisconsin, then he has to win either Georgia or Arizona, and that's the election, okay? These are the states that Hillary didn't win that he did, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. It was like 75,000 votes total. If they had gone the other way, Hillary would have been president. He won all three. He, Wisconsin, he may not win Wisconsin, but if he doesn't win Wisconsin, then he has to win either Georgia or Arizona. And then he gets to 270. It's that simple. So, 
Everybody needs to calm the F down. And by everybody, I mean me. I need to calm down. Okay? He's he's got the electoral map. Trump is hoping to seal the deal in Iowa on Monday by winning the lion's share, I mean the pig's share, of the 40 delegates up for grabs in Iowa. I'll go over the polls in a second. They make no sense to me. It, it looks like a blowout for Donald Trump. I just don't believe it. And that's, again, why I start with Governor Kim Reynolds. It's like, it's like I'm looking at another country, people who speak another language, like other animals. I can't believe a governor can be popular by refusing to take money to feed children or by refusing to take money to prevent people from catching COVID. So it's like I'm looking at... I just don't understand these Republicans. So I I can't believe these polls are accurate because I can't believe there are people who think this way. But maybe the polls are correct. It's going to be interesting Monday. Now, the focus groups tell a different story. Focus groups is where they gather 9, 10, sometimes 20 people, and they really dig down deep into how these Iowa Republicans are feeling more than thinking, because in the end, it's about how you feel, not how you think. And the focus groups that I've been reading tell a different story. When you get Iowa Republicans into a focus group, they don't like Trump. Some of them are voting for Trump, but they're not happy about it. They wish... They could vote for somebody else. People vote for Trump quietly. Now, in a focus group, they're going to say they don't like Donald Trump because other pe- it's being videotaped, other people are watching. And, and he, here's why the polling in Iowa can be deceiving. And of all the caucuses and primaries, this is the one pollsters have trouble with. A caucus is kind of like a focus group. Uh, You do vote privately, but then you also vote publicly. Everybody ends up standing in groups. Haley's supporters stand in one group. DeSantis stands in another. So it's one thing privately casting your, your vote for, say, Trump. You know, alone going, you know, F black people, F the Jews, F the Mexicans, the Arabs, and the gays. I'm all in on Trump. It's another thing to strut over to the Trump people in front of your neighbors saying, that's right, you got, I'm a bigot. Look at me. You thought you knew me. Nah, you didn't know me. I'm a hateful racist. I'm standing with the Trump people. I think that's hard to do. I think that's hard to do. Uh, the polls say otherwise, but I, 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 Trump is the woman. If you have to publicly, in a caucus, you, you have to sometimes publicly declare who you're voting with, for. And to me, Trump is the woman or the guy you have sex with privately, but you don't take him as a date to your sister's wedding. That's what the Iowa caucuses are, your, your sister's wedding. That, 
I, I just can't believe people would be proudly voting for Donald Trump. Well, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis held their last debate before Iowa on CNN. Donald Trump counter-programmed by appearing at a town hall on Fox News where he got double the viewers. Double the viewers. So that suggests, perhaps, that Americans are not taking a second look at Nikki Haley. If she were running as an insurgent right now, you'd feel some excitement, both in the polls and in those ratings. So we kind of are getting an idea of who Republicans want to watch for the next four years. If it's a choice between Nikki Haley or Donald Trump, it sure looks like at least Republicans want to watch Trump. And why not? If you're a Republican, you don't want anything to do with Washington. You don't want Washington telling you what to do. You don't want Washington's money to feed the hungry or to fight COVID. You're going to vote for Trump because he's fun to watch and he scares all the people who take government seriously. Trump's appeal is a fatalism that comes from zero faith, zero faith that things can get better, and blind faith that Trump's setting the stage for the return of Jesus. Trump's hit the apocalyptic sweet spot. Days before the Iowa caucus on this Fox Town Hall, Trump was almost statesmanlike when he spoke to Republicans like adults about abortion. It was surprising. During the Fox Town Hall, he said of abortion bans, quote, I happen to be for the exceptions, like Ronald Reagan, with the life of the mother, rape, and incest. So he's saying I'm against abortion, except when the life of the mother is in danger or if it's rape or incest. It was like he was teaching the voters in Iowa. He said to them, look, you can't win elections nationally if you're against these exceptions. And then he added, if you don't win elections, you're going to end up back where we were before Roe v. Wade was overturned. So, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. I, I disagree with him, but he leveled with the voters of Iowa, who, of all the states, Iowa is probably one of the most pro... The Republicans in Iowa are among the most pro-life voters, historically. You know, he told 60,000 lies when he was president. He's still lying, but when it, when it comes to abortion... He told the truth to Republicans, even though it's received wisdom that Republicans can't win in Iowa unless they are the pro-lifeist. Rick Santorum won Iowa. Mike Huckabee and Ted Cruz, they all won Iowa because they were the pro-lifeist. Trump isn't trying to out evangelical Christian anybody in Iowa to win. So what does that mean? If these, po these poll if these polls are accurate, it means he's helping the Republican Party shake off the shackles of the pro-life movement. He's saying, I got your row 
v wade overturned we're done now it would he'd be helping out the republican party if he could get it to move past abortion they're stuck with abortion and he it's almost visionary what he's doing uh i don't know i don't know the polling i've seen is that iowa republicans are among the most pro-life voters in the country so if he wins in iowa it what does that mean going into november like i've been saying all week all the polling in iowa shows trump holding steady nikki haley might be surging past desantis in iowa which means she could come away from iowa with some delegates now i don't think Iowa is winner take all. It wasn't in 2020. It wasn't in 2016. I haven't seen any rule changes. Uh, so if it's still, I don't think it's winner take all. So, she, you know, she may walk away from Iowa with some delegates. But again, some of these polls have Trump in the mid 50s. As you know, there's a massive cold snap on the plains, blizzard conditions, events are being canceled in Iowa, and Monday is expected to be nasty. It is also believed that Trump's ground game in Iowa is lacking. He's supposedly winning this from the air, you know, advertising, mailers, flying in for rallies, but he hasn't really been there. He's depending on mercenaries in Iowa, not true believers. Some are saying that Ron DeSantis has the ground game. Although there is so much infighting within his campaign and there's a general sense of dread, I just don't see how he has been able to inspire true believers the same way Rick Santorum did or Mike Huckabee or even Ted Cruz. I don't think that the DeSantis true believers are still there. But we all need a horse race to keep this interesting. And so the weather could work in Ron DeSantis's favor. So say some people I've talked to. They say if DeSantis's ground game is as good as he insists it is, then the bad weather will work in his favor because the ground game is all about getting out the vote no matter what. And when I say ground game, I mean the evangelicals and the governor who are all in on Ron DeSantis. Now, the pro-life evangelicals in Iowa are all in on DeSantis because of what Donald Trump has been saying about abortion. And the pro-life evangelicals in Iowa, they have had one of the most powerful get-out-the-vote machines in American history. So again, if DeSantis can't win in a blizzard, that's not a good sign for the pro-life evangelical movement in the Republican Party. It's going to be interesting. 
It's going to be interesting. So with the Iowa caucuses, let's say 72 hours away, here is where things stand right now. The real clear averages of the Iowa polls show Haley is now in second place with 17.2%. In third is Ron DeSantis with 15.2%. He's betting it all on Iowa. But look at Trump, 53.6% of the vote. How do you explain this? I, I just... By the way, only I think only 50,000 people voted in the uh, Iowa Republican caucuses back in 2020. 50,000 people. Now, according to some focus groups that I've read, there's one common thread among Iowa Republicans who are likely to show up for the caucuses. Most of the Republicans in these focus groups... And again, these are not polls. These are likely Republican voters. They mostly agree that they have a problem with Donald Trump. They describe him as a bully. Most of them say they miss the old Trump. They complain that he's talking more about himself than what he's going to do for the American people. Again, we're talking about Iowa Republican voters. They call him a braggart. They don't like how he behaves. But they think he did a better job than Joe Biden. They think the four years under Donald Trump were better than the three and a half years under Joe Biden. What have we had so far? Three years? Some of them are willing to admit inflation has come down, but they say they were all better off when Trump was president. And then it gets kind of interesting the cult of personality kicks in. For the most part, this is focus groups. They, the people in Iowa keep two seemingly opposite thoughts in their heads. One thought is they like the fact that Trump doesn't allow himself to be pushed around, that he's not a victim. And on the other end, the opposite They see him as a victim. They say he's being pushed around, treated unfairly by the criminal justice system, and they feel sorry for him. They say they have opposite, they hold two opposite thoughts in their head. They like the fact that he's not a victim, but they see him as a victim of our criminal justice system. Trump's instincts uh, to call all his criminal trials politically motivated. You see through this, obviously, but it resonates with Republican voters in Iowa. They think these criminal trials are all politically motivated, and they relate to Trump. They feel life has been unfair to them, So they relate to Donald Trump because they think the criminal justice system is being unfair to him. And he always says, I'm doing this for you. My victory is your victory. So Trump is an ignoramus, but he's no fool. He knows what he's doing. And uh, he 
lying works. Marketing, packaging, you know, he's serving people uh, a, a stale, dried-out quarter pounder and insisting it's sirloin. And they say it tastes like a dried-out quarter. No, it's sirloin. And they go, just enough people will go, oh, I guess it's sirloin. It's delicious. I'll pay extra for it. We'll have a clear choice in November. We'll have a choice between Trump, who believes it's not what you do, it's what you say, and Joe Biden, who believes it's not what you say, it's what you do. Biden's problem is messaging. He's got a record to run on. He's bad at messaging. Donald Trump has a record to run away from, but he's good on messaging. If you're stupid and hateful, New Hampshire tells a slightly different story, slightly different, but not hopeful if you're looking to get rid of Donald Trump. Trump is down five points in a new Emerson poll. Emerson polls are highly respected. He's still leading in that poll, but he's come down five points in that poll. Here's the thing that's... uh, got to keep in mind if trump wins Ohio, if trump wins iowa and then new hampshire we're going to be talking about something else on this show it's over only an incumbent wins iowa and new hampshire so hope springs eternal <clears throat> but it's winter nikki haley comes from a long line of republican challengers to the presumptive nominee. It's an old story of somebody who is, you know, on the heels of the presumptive nominee. In 2012, Romney was the presumptive nominee and everybody was trying to get a horse race going. At one point, that idiot Rick Perry, everybody thought, was going to beat Romney. But Romney got the nomination. In 2016, everybody... You know, Trump was the presumptive nominee, but everybody held out hope for Ted Cruz or Rubio. No, and that's who Nikki Haley is. She's Rick Perry. She's Rubio. She's Ted Cruz. She is not going to seal it. And I'm not sure we want her to. It would be nice to see Donald Trump go away. First, away from politics, and then away, away. You know, maybe Rikers Island for a couple of years. It would be nice. But I'm not so sure we want Biden running against Nikki Haley. But she's not going to seal it. She's, she can't close. Especially since the media landscape now is too fractured for the boys on the bus to settle on a narrative. You know, in 2000, the boys on the bus settled on a narrative that Al Gore was a liar. He wasn't, but they just, you know, a bunch of guys on the, and girls on the bus. They would travel together to the events, and they'd just kick ideas around, and they would joke about how Al Gore claimed he invented the Internet, which he kind of did, but they decided he was a liar, and that stuck. It's a group think uh, that, that got blasted on the magazine covers, and made its way into primetime newscasts. Why can't Al Gore be trusted? Because a bunch of 
sloths on the bus decided so. But those days are over. There, there's no group think. A new CNN poll shows Haley trailing Trump by only seven points in New Hampshire. There was also another poll showing her within five points of striking distance in New Hampshire. Which might explain why the Trump campaign has pulled out the old birther playbook. Trump on social media said Haley is ineligible to be president because her parents weren't U.S. citizens when she was born here in the United States. As USA Today reports, it doesn't matter whether her parents were citizens. She was born here in America in 1972, and anyone born in America has birthright citizenship and is eligible to become president. But Trump isn't saying this because he's concerned about her eligibility. This is about, hey, are you Republicans actually thinking of voting for a woman of color over me? That's all he's doing. That's all he's doing. Well, here we go. These are the real clear averages for New Hampshire. Trump has a plurality with 43.3% of the vote. Haley is now in second with 29%. As I said, one poll shows her within five points of Trump, but that's not the averages. Uh, A strong second in Iowa? I mean, this is just, I'm just talking here. If she gets a strong second, she can come into New Hampshire with maybe 15 delegates, perhaps, from Iowa, maybe more. DeSantis is in fourth place with 6.5%, and Chris Christie was in third place with 12%, but he dropped out. So the question is who gets Chris Christie's share of the pizza pie? And does it make a difference? Now, I haven't seen any, I know there's polling on this. I haven't seen it, though. And I'm sure there's some interesting ranked choice polling in New Hampshire. But I suspect, this is just what I suspect. Let me know what you think in the comments. I, I could be wrong here. But I suspect everyone who was voting for Chris Christie is going to vote for Haley, especially if Iowa gives her second place. Then what? Well, DeSantis is supposed to drop out after Iowa. He'll have no path forward. I talked about this earlier in the week. He can't even win in Florida. Now, DeSantis is a bully, so I see him endorsing Trump. That's how bullies operate. When they've been out-bullied, they turn into lapdogs, and they suck up to the guy who bullied them. Kind of like Chris Christie with Trump in 2016 and 2020. Chris Christie's a bully. Trump out-bullied him. So Trump humiliated him, and and Chris Christie became his lapdog. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want Chris Christie sitting on my lap. Now, Christie is only a recent convert to the never-Trumpers. He was Trump's debate coach in 2020. All of a sudden, Chris Christie has seen the light. Here's what wouldn't surprise me. Trump 
picking Chris Christie as his running mate. I'll say that again. It would not surprise me if Donald Trump picked Chris Christie as his running mate. He cannot pick. He cannot pick Nikki Haley. And he's not going to pick DeSantis. Chris Christie makes a lot of sense to me. But I'm depressed. But here's why I think it makes a lot of sense and why I think it would be impossible for Joe Biden to beat Trump and Christie. What, Chris Christie has attacked uh, Trump nonstop. Trump has very thick skin. Roger Stone called Ivanka the C-word in a documentary that just came out. But he's still back in Trump's good graces. Trump, he, he doesn't, everybody comes on bended knee to him. Christie did the best he could to make the case to the Republicans why they shouldn't nominate Trump. He said everything Joe Biden is going to say about Donald Trump. In a way, Chris Christie performed a very important service. He inoculated Donald Trump politically. He's going to be immune. Trump is now immune to all the things Joe Biden is going to say about him. It just doesn't matter. What he did is he he prosecuted Donald Trump on, on the debate stage and in New Hampshire. Now, he proved nothing sticks, at least with Republican voters. If Chris Christie took the vice president's spot, That would give a lot of a-holes a reason to vote for Trump. You know, I, 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 I don't like Trump, but I like Chris Christie. He'll keep Donald Trump in line. Nobody keeps Donald Trump in line. But for image, it would look, it, it would, and it would be good for the Northeast. You know, a New, a New Jersey governor, a prosecutor. Trump is weak in New York and New Jersey and then again, so is Christie. I think Christie left New Jersey as governor with a 4% approval rating. But I think Donald Trump wins if he picks Chris Christie as his running mate. Let me know what you think in the comments. A hot mic caught Christie talking to an aide before he announced that he was dropping out. And he said Haley doesn't have a chance that she's going to, quote, get smoked because she's not up, not up to this. I mean, can't you hear him saying, like, I can't vote for Joe Biden and I I don't like Trump, but I have to vote for him. And I figure if I'm going to vote for him, I might as well be his vice president. Then he said DeSantis is petrified. He didn't say petrified or what. Maybe he's petrified that Christie's going to endorse Haley. When asked if he was going to endorse Haley or DeSantis, Christie said he hadn't made up his mind. He's, you know, he's like Hamlet. He's indecisive. Should it be Haley or DeSantis? He's Hamlet. But instead of the Danish prince, 
He's the Prince of Danishes. This is an example of working too hard. This is what, what a sweaty person does when they're just working. This is what I did. And this is an example of failure. It's not funny. And I, a lot of effort went into this for a, a stupid Hamlet joke. It's just not funny. But it, it, it's a good lesson in if you find yourself working too hard on something, give up. It's, it's good to give up. I should have given up. Pretty bad. Ted Cruz has refused to endorse anyone yet. People are expecting him to endorse Trump, but there's a lot of bad blood between the two. If you remember, Cruz got booed off the stage at the Cleveland Convention in 2016 when he couldn't bring himself to endorse Trump. And here, you know, Trump loves people taking a coming to him in a bended, on bended knee, right? This is a Trump... Uh, you know, talking about Trump, uh, there was a story about Trump in the New York Times about how he made fun of Ted's wife, said his dad shot Kennedy. But he'll come, you know, uh, Trump is saying, they'll come to me. This is what Trump was quoted as saying about Ted Cruz in the New York Times last week. Ted, he shouldn't even exist. I could have destroyed him. I kind of did destroy him in 2016, if you think about it. But then I let him live. So, you know, I can see him uh, picking Christie as his running mate. Here, this is bad. Uh, Ted can't make up his mind. He's Hamlet. Oh, this is, I won't even do this. I won't. I'll just, I like the visuals. All right. Working too hard. Not funny. This is the mop-up for January 12th, 2024. I'm David Feldman. Thank you for finding me. Please like this episode so I remain in your feed. Please share this. Subscribe to my newsletter and my channel. And we have a poll in our live chat room on YouTube. Do you think Donald Trump will win New Hampshire and Iowa? If you're not an incumbent, you don't win New Hampshire and Iowa. And I'm just curious, because if he wins New Hampshire and Iowa, I'm just going to stop talking about (laughs) the Republican nomination. It's over. So uh, please answer that question in the live chat, and I'll have the results of that poll at the end of the show. I have uh, a correction Earlier in the week, I reported that Colorado police were investigating Congresswoman Lauren Boebert for domestic violence. There were reports that she had punched her ex-husband repeatedly in the face while the couple was sharing a dinner last Saturday night. Police were called to the scene, and there was surveillance video. What I was told and what I read was that it was really, really, really bad. But a lot of people were wrong, including me. Colorado police announced they have cleared Lauren Boebert of charges that she physically assaulted her ex-husband, Jason Boebert. Boebert 
was the one who called the police from the restaurant and accused the congresswoman of attacking him. Instead, it is Jason Bobert who has been arrested for domestic violence on charges that he physically assaulted the couple's son. So apparently there was a conversation about this at the restaurant. It turned heated. Who knows what really happened? But, uh, but he's been arrested. Jason Bobert was arrested. There are allegations that Bobert, Jason Bobert stuck his thumb down his son's throat in an attempt to allegedly stop him from breathing. If you recall, this is not the first time Jason Bobert has had a run-in with the police. Late last year, the police in Colorado performed a welfare check on the Bobert children after the son dialed 911 to complain his dad was, quote, throwing them around the house. When police arrived, Lauren Bobert answered the door. She said she was a United States congresswoman, and everything is fine. Well, it looks like everything isn't fine. Jason Bobert served time after exposing himself to two underage girls while he was on a bowling date with Lauren Bobert. And if you saw my show earlier in the week when I was writing Lauren Bobert's political obituary, I read off a laundry list of the Congresswoman's run-ins with the law. It's it goes on and on. Well, Bobert recently announced that she's running for Ken Buck's seat in Colorado's fourth congressional district. Thank you to everybody who corrected me on that. Uh, she abandoned her district. That would be the third congressional district in Colorado. Thank you, everybody, in the comments section. And she has announced she's running in the fourth. But she's facing stiff competition in the primary. And I still think she's done. I think voters are going to say that the 37-year-old Lauren Boebert should remain in Colorado to deal with her children and her grandchildren. She's a grandmother. You know, like Sarah Palin, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, She's made a mess of things back home. Interesting. 47 police officers were shot and killed last year. That's a 40% drop over 2022. It is much safer now to be a cop in the United States, but it's much less safe to deal with one. That's according to The Nation magazine. 2023 was the most homicidal year on record for American police. The Nation, working off the nonprofit organization called Mapping Police Violence, the Nation says police killed 1,232 Americans last year. 26% of those killed were black, even though black people comprise 14% of the American population. The nation said that black Americans are 2.6 times more likely to get killed by police than white Americans. Native Americans are 2.2 times more likely to be killed by cops than white Americans. 
Asian Americans are the only group less likely than white Americans to be killed by the police. So my advice, be a Chinese cop. According to the nation, of the 1,232 Americans killed by cops, only 2% of the police officers involved in the killings faced charges. Not convictions, charges. 2% were investigated and charged. Texas Governor Greg Abbott appeared on Dana Loesch's podcast yesterday saying he was doing everything he can to stop the migrants from crossing over the border into Texas. He said his state just passed a law that allows local cops to deport the migrants, but complained that the Biden administration is trying to block it in the courts. Greg Abbott said he's laid out barbed wire along the Rio Grande, but the Biden administration is taking him to court, saying it's cruel and inhumane. It is. Then, Texas Governor Abbott said he has done everything he can to stop the migrants. He said, the only thing I haven't done is order my cops to shoot them. Then adding, if I did, Biden would take me to court over that too. Amazing. He said, I would order my cops to shoot them, to shoot the migrants, but I can't because Biden would take me to court over that, too. The, the dehumanization of the migrants, you get to a certain point where you, you talk about shooting them. Abbott made the remarks during an interview with Dana Loesch, who was one of the hosts of NRA TV before it closed down, due to financial difficulties, or should we say financial irregularities. Anybody remember NRA TV, the National Rifle Association, and its own little TV channel? But it turns out that little TV channel was allegedly a money laundering operation for the head of the NRA, Wayne LaPierre. This is where it gets really good. New York State's trial against the National Rifle Association began on Monday. Wayne LaPierre, who headed the NRA for nearly three decades, stepped down a week ago, citing health reasons. He, along with two other high-level NRA executives, are charged with stealing as much as $45 million from the organization. Sarah Rogers is the National Rifle Association's attorney. She said in her opening statement that the NRA shouldn't be on trial because the NRA is the victim in all this. Sarah Rogers, the NRA's attorney, said it was the NRA executives who worked with an ad agency and a travel agent to conspire to steal money from the NRA. Why are you putting the NRA on trial for their malfeasance? Well, besides the NRA, one of the defendants in this trial is Wayne LaPierre, who was charged with defrauding the NRA, the guy in charge of the NRA up until last Friday. That's why the NRA is on trial. Right before the trial started, the face of the NRA resigned. That's why the NRA 
is on trial. Wayne LaPierre, along with the NRA, is charged with defrauding the NRA by secreting money to an ad agency and a travel agent. He was, it's not that complicated. It's kind of stupid what he did. New York State Attorney General Letitia James originally sought to have the NRA dissolved, but was told by a judge that financial irregularities are not grounds for the corporate death penalty. She is now asking that Wayne LaPierre be ordered to pay back everything he stole. P. Kent Correll, Wayne LaPierre's attorney, in his opening statement insisted that LaPierre serve the NRA honorably and needed those $500,000 trips to Lake Como and those $40,000 shopping sprees in Beverly Hills to promote the rights of gun owners. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but that's kind of what he said. He said Wayne LaPierre was the face of the NRA, so he should be entitled to go on shopping sprees on Rodeo Drive and buy clothing, $50,000 shopping sprees, buy clothing for him and his wife. LaPierre is accused of making the NRA pay $11 million for airfare, despite the NRA's rule that all executives fly coach. He racked up $11 million in airfare charges. LaPierre's lawyers say he needed to fly private because of all the death threats that were leveled against him. Turns out LaPierre is a coward. See, he was terrified... It's all coming out now. He was terrified of getting shot by an angry anti-gun nut. Well, if you're against guns, Wayne, you're not going to shoot anybody. But he was afraid he was going to get shot. And apparently he didn't think a gun would protect him. He needed private jets, private yachts. The rest of us, when we feel threatened, oh, get a gun. It's the best way to keep you safe. But when Wayne LaPierre feels threatened, it's a private jet. Has to be a private jet that flies him to a secluded yacht. I'm not making this up. Whenever there was like a mass shooting, LaPierre would hightail it out of America and hide on a private yacht. This is true. I thought guns kept you safe, Wayne. Really? You're afraid that somebody's going to hurt you, so you just leave the country? I thought a gun keeps you safe. LaPierre is expected to testify, as is Colonel Oliver North, who a few years ago tried to get LaPierre fired for his financial mismanagement of the National Rifle Association. That's how you know someone's a crook. When Colonel Oliver North doesn't trust you. Meanwhile... ProPublica has gotten its hands on a recording of the National Rifle Association's then-treasurer working with Wayne LaPierre to funnel millions and millions of questionable expenses by putting all his shopping sprees and first-class travel on an American Express card that had been assigned to the public relations firm of Ackerman McQueen. This is what Oliver North discovered when he tried to take over the NRA. 
LaPierre allegedly set up a system where the NRA would pay millions and millions of dollars to Ackerman McQueen, this PR firm, and then they would, you know, create these money laundering operations like NRA TV with Dana Loesch. And, uh, but the NRA TV thing, it was just a shell corporation. The NRA gave money, allegedly, to Ackerman McQueen, the PR firm, and they would produce crap like NRA TV, but they would overcharge the NRA for all this stuff. And then Wayne uh, would pay them to produce these horrible television shows for NRA TV. Meanwhile, he's charging his travel, his vacations, his clothing on that PR company's American Express card, and they pay it off because he's shoveling NRA money to NRA TV, <clears throat> to Ackerman McQueen, to the uh, public relations company. <clears throat> I'll be following this. I'll be following this every step of the way. Wayne LaPierre, what is he, 74? He had to step down, he said last week, for health reasons. Right. 50,000 Americans die each year from gunshots because of this guy. Because of this guy. The New York Times reports that 20 million Americans have signed up for Obamacare, and that sets a new record. More Americans are signing up for Obamacare than ever before. It's bad news for Republicans who keep promising to get rid of it, and bad news for people who are on Obamacare. Obamacare doesn't cut it. Sorry. It's better than anything the Republicans are offering, but it ain't Medicare. A friend of mine uh, has a platinum plan. He uh, He's spending a lot of money, like... 1500 a month for his Obamacare. 1500 a month. Cost him $500 a night to stay in a hospital. The guy tried to get the best plan he could using Obamacare. He's waiting until he qualifies for Medicare. And he said he just wanted the best, didn't want to take any chances. Needed a, a, a small procedure. And he, you know, they send you the bill. And but you, they send you a copy of the bill that they send the insurance company. $75,000, he said, for a two-hour procedure, a minor two-hour procedure. That's what the insurance company was billed. And then out of that, he was charged $500 a night to stay in the hospital. So he's paying, let's say, $1,500 a month for the best plan. And he was charged $500 a night to stay in a hospital. Don't get sick in America. Uh, I mean, and, and don't get shot. Don't get shot by one of Wayne LaPierre's bullets. You, know, you get shot in the abdomen. Let's say you have Obamacare. Let's say you have a platinum plan. And you get shot in the abdomen. What are you looking at? How many weeks was Tony Soprano when he got shot and went into the coma? How many nights did he spend 
in, in the coma. Seven nights, 14 nights, you get an infection. Let's, let's say 14 nights in the hospital. With, and, and you're betting you're paying 1500 a month before that. So you don't have to pay a lot of money when you get shot. 15 nights in the hospital, that's about $7,000 out of pocket. Who has that kind of money? Uh, in addition to what you're paying each month. Medicare for all. Medicare for all. People should be shutting down bridges, shutting down meetings of stockholders for United Healthcare. This is Medicare for all. Do you know how many people die in this country because they don't want to burden their families with medical debt? Well, more bad news for Republicans. Inflation is cooling off, according to the federal reason. That's what they say, unless you spend a night in the hospital, then it's $500. Uh, F everybody, really. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, inflation, they say, is cooling off. According to the Federal Reserve, December saw a minor uptick in prices. Uh, but on an annualized basis, unless you get shot in the abdomen and have to stay in a hospital for $500 a night, uh, inflation is said to be heading towards the sweet spot of 2%. Unless, of course, you, you, know, you want to go to college, can't afford that. Buy a car, can't do that. But, uh, and jobless claims are at record lows. Well, Biden has something to run on. A new Reuters poll shows Biden and Trump in a dead heat nationwide, with each getting 35% of the vote, 30% undecided. As I said earlier, Biden needs to win Pennsylvania, Michigan, and then he has to win either Wisconsin, Georgia, or Atlanta, and he's reelected. And I've said that Pennsylvania and Michigan are in the bag for Biden. And a new Quinnipiac poll shows Biden beating Trump in Pennsylvania 49% to 46%, and this is when Biden's at the bottom. He hasn't made his case yet to the American people. Wait, he's laying low. People are going to be reminded of what the four years under Trump were like. The Republican-controlled House Oversight and House Judiciary Committees, they have to do something, right, because... Biden has a record to run on, so they voted to mark up a bill holding Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress for refusing to testify behind closed doors as part of their impeachment inquiry. He was willing to testify, just not behind closed doors. The full House would have to vote in favor of holding Hunter Biden in contempt, but right now Republicans are holding on to a two-vote majority. If it passes... By the way, this is what they're doing, <clears throat> and the government shuts down in a week. Uh, if this bill to hold Hunter Biden in contempt passes, then it's up to the Justice Department to decide whether or not to try Hunter Biden for contempt of Congress. If you remember, Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro refused to testify before the January 6th committee, 
and the Justice Department put them on trial. The two were found guilty, and they now face prison time. They are appealing. But Jim Jordan, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, also refused to testify before the January 6th committee. Merrick Garland, however, decided not to prosecute Jim Jordan. Hunter, uh, several others, I think Mark Meadows as well. I think Mark Meadows was also in contempt, and they decided not to prosecute him, I think. I'm not sure. Hunter Biden showed up, as we all know, uh, as the two committees were meeting, and he offered to testify right there on the spot. Hunter Biden said, I don't want to testify behind closed doors because Republicans leak things selectively. Well, this isn't about proving corruption. It's about shedding doubt. And by making Hunter Biden testify behind closed doors, they can manufacture a narrative that they can control by selectively leaking out stuff instead of letting the American people decide. That's what Hunter Biden and his lawyer, Abby Lowell, are saying. I'll testify, but let me do it in front of everybody. I've got nothing to hide. I don't trust you. Seems reasonable to me. As Democrats and Republicans fought it out, Democrat Jamie Raskin insisted that instead of Hunter Biden, Republicans should be looking into how Donald Trump, as president, violated the Emoluments Clause by charging foreign governments $8 million to stay at his hotels. One Republican congressman came to Trump's defense by saying, have you ever stayed at one of Trump's hotels? To which Raskin replied, no, due to my self-respect and concern for hygiene. What a brilliant man, Jamie Raskin. The congressman was trying to say, well, you know, of course these foreign companies, foreign countries want to stay at a Trump hotel. Have you ever stayed at one? (laughs) And Raskin said, no, due to my self-respect and concern for hygiene. Florida Congressman Jared Moskowitz brought a billboard-sized photo of uh, Donald Trump posing with Jeffrey Epstein, and that really pissed off the Republicans. Marjorie Taylor Greene began yelling at Hunter Biden, and that's when Abby Lowell, Biden's attorney, said, let's split. Republican Nancy Mace screamed that Hunter had no balls, but I'm pretty sure the pictures of him that Marjorie Taylor Greene entered into the record prove otherwise. Marjorie Taylor Greene had a busy day. She has already introduced articles of impeachment for Joe Biden, and now she's insisting that the House take up a motion to impeach the head of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, over the migrant crisis. Busy, busy woman. Then Marjorie announced that she wants a criminal investigation into the Fulton County District Attorney, Fawny Willis, who Marjorie Taylor Greene insists can't be trusted because Fawny Willis may or may not have gone out on a date with one of the other prosecutors on the team. Then, this is all in one day, Marjorie Taylor Greene says she's had it with Speaker Mike Johnson. 
She says, I'm done with him. Now, I think it either has to do, why is she done with him? It might have something to do with the top line spending agreement Speaker Johnson made with Chuck Schumer, or because Marjorie Taylor Greene's a malignant narcissist who isn't getting any attention from the Speaker. I think that's it. I think that's it. There's a new chairman of the Freedom Caucus, Virginia Congressman Bob Good. He was elected last month. During an interview yesterday, the chairman, the new chairman of the Freedom Caucus, Bob Good, called Marjorie Taylor Greene a fraud and a useful idiot. If you remember, Greene was kicked out of the Freedom Caucus last year after she, and I'm not making this up, walked up to Congressman Lauren Boebert and called her a little bitch, unquote, for not getting behind her articles of impeachment for Joe Biden and instead introducing her own articles of impeachment for Joe Biden. Then Marjorie Taylor Greene called Lauren Boebert a whore, and to defend Lauren Boebert's honor, they threw Marjorie Taylor Greene out of the Freedom Caucus. Senator Kirsten Sinema, the Arizona Democrat who became an independent, has not yet announced whether or not she's running for re-election. Democrats need to keep her seat. She, she's no longer a Democrat, but she does caucus with the Democrats. She's an independent. But a new poll shows her coming in third place. In first is Congressman Ruben Gallego. And in second is election denier Carrie Lake. In Florida, the Escambia County School District has pulled 1,600 books from its libraries, including three dictionaries due to their sexual content. You know, this is Florida. Maybe they think dictionary means something else. Webster's Dictionary, Merriam-Webster's Elementary School Dictionary, the American Heritage Children's Dictionary were all yanked, pulled, and stroked because of their sexual content, as was Webster's Thesaurus, maybe because it rhymes with clitoris? I I don't know. There's some dirty words in a thesaurus. They're banning Webster's Thesaurus, What a bunch of cretins, fools, halfwits, dunces, boneheads. Mm, Those words are close. It's not the word I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. Floridians. What a bunch of Floridians. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. Thank you for finding me. Please like this so I stay in your feed. Please share this with your friends and loved ones. Oh, we have a poll. Thank you. If, if Bob is here, thank you for moderating in the chat room. Let me see if I can open this up without getting echoes. Let's see. Hi, everybody. Strong and protect the weak. You hear that? Thank okay. you for finding me. Oh, there's a little delay here. Uh, hi, everybody. Um. So the question is, we have a little over a 1,000 votes. Do you think Trump wins Iowa and New Hampshire? Interesting. And as you know, I'm curious because if he wins New Hampshire and Iowa, 
it's over. 40% say yes, 60% say no. So that means people in the lot, that's about a thousand votes in the chat room, and that means they think uh, Trump. Okay, that's interesting. Please share this with your friends. Please subscribe to the channel. Please subscribe to my newsletter. Thank you all for putting up with my nonsense. And I will see you, hopefully, tomorrow. 